Apple intros, privacy, nutrition labels, and big tech's litigation rundown. It's Monday, December 21st, 2020. All of that's coming up, along with the week's news quick hits on episode 430 of Brave Ad World. New consumers. New media. New strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 430 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wigert and a couple of very big stories to get through this week, but this is the last episode of the year. I'll be back in 2021, but if you don't hear from me, uh, I hope you have happy holidays and a happy start to 2021. But with that out of the way, let's get two things because uh, some very layered stories this week. Uh, the first one has to do with Apple's new nutrition labels, privacy nutrition labels. So Apple's new privacy nutrition labels, they're here on all product pages for apps within the App Store. The labels, they, they're they meant to give users a quick rundown of how their data is collected and used prior to installing the app, and they're developed based on answers to questions provided by developers. Apple asks them, developers provide them. Data is then categorized as in three categories. One, data used to track you. Two, data linked to you. And three, data not linked to you. Developers, however, argue that the labels, they're they're really broad and their lack of specificity, it could just scare users and dissuade them from installing an app altogether. Apple has really just staked a claim in its marketing, in its messaging, saying, we are the privacy advocate. And the thing is, though, like them staking this claim and them putting out these nutrition labels, it's really kind of put a spotlight on Apple to a degree because the fact that Apple pre-installs apps on user devices, it's kind of at odds with what Apple's trying to accomplish with the nutrition labels. It's trying to inform users and then give users the option of whether or not to download the app. So Apple's kind of being called out for not being as transparent as it's forcing developers to be, and that raises some antitrust concerns around the App Store that are already front and center. If Apple can force competitors or different products to provide such transparency, Apple probably should too. Well, Apple says that it's going to put labels on its for its apps on pages for its products, but Questions remain on what that what that's really going to do. Users have these apps already installed. Will they have a reason to go and learn what information is being shared? All right, Apple's move to again, like just this thing has layers because Apple's move to put a spotlight on others' practices have also like caught led to others, not just developers, but other companies to call Apple out. And Facebook is making a move. It has accused Apple of being anti-competitive in its iOS 14 update, which I've talked about this a lot, allows users to limit the tracking necessary for more targeted advertising. The IDFA, users can opt out of sharing that. Now, Facebook, they say the limitations of this are harmful to small business businesses and they say they're standing up for small businesses. They're calling out Apple. They did so in several full page ads in national newspapers this week. 
So, I mean, let's be real, like Facebook can charge more for targeted ads, so they definitely have an incentive for keeping those ads in there, but Facebook also has a point. It's not just Facebook, Epic Games, Spotify, and others, they have all called out uh, Apple for anti-competitive practices. Giving users information on how their data is used, it's a move in the right direction. We probably should be going in that direction. I think there's probably been too much of a shift to collecting of to the collection of user data without really giving users any information on what data is being collected. Apple being the arbiter of that information, that's proven to be pretty problematic. Uh, Apple's been called out in several pretty legitimate ways, but Facebook being the advocate for small businesses and being the advocate for uh, uh, just the little guy, that's pretty disingenuous in and of itself. Platforms, like this week, just watching everything unfold, it's proven that platforms are unreliable at policing themselves. That's why regulation is probably just around the corner in some form or another, but we're kind of seeing all of this play out front and center, and that brings me to the next story because I just want to run through a rundown of litigation going on because a lot happened on the litigation front this week across Facebook, Google, Amazon, and TikTok. So let's just run through things. First, the FTC, they ordered Amazon, Google, Facebook, ByteDance, Discord, Reddit, Snap, and Twitter to deliver documents on how they collect, use, and present personal data as part of a study of data practices of these tech platforms. It's also looking into how these companies affect children, affect teens. Needless to say, there's an antitrust case that's being built, but things didn't stop there. There was also a lawsuit led by Texas, including nine other states, that alleges that Google and Facebook actually made an illegal deal to control the digital ad market and secure a duopoly. The lawsuit alleges that Google abused its power by controlling prices and engaging in collusion. Facebook was planning to launch an auction marketplace to compete with Google, but the lawsuit alleges that it actually held back when the two came to a deal. The lawsuit joins another antitrust lawsuit that's already underway through the Justice Department. So this is just antitrust on top of antitrust. Google, however, they're arguing that their efforts have actually helped businesses and in the process, ad prices have fallen, signaling the market, it's not a monopoly, it's actually pretty competitive. There, So a lot of back and forth there. Then the next one, there's action going on across the pond as well. The EU, they have submitted rules that tech companies are banned from using data supplied by businesses using their platforms, for example, to sell. To Those tech platforms can't compete with those businesses using their platforms, and they can't prioritize their own services over competing ones. A company that quote, system systemically infringes on this, it could be fined as much as 10% of annual revenue. The rules, they're not final, they're still in draft form, but they are well in line with previous rulings by the EU, which, which fined Google in 2017 for promoting its shopping service over others. And lastly, there's TikTok and its potential ban. Well, this week we had a panel of judges for the U.S. appeals court signal that they actually disagree with the legal arguments behind banning TikTok. So this case, it's not done, the court, but we do have more courts expressing skepticism around the Trump administration's justification for banning TikTok. A ban, it's pretty unlikely, but TikTok's not out of the woods yet. It was revealed that TikTok careers portal, TikTok's careers portal, and privacy policy 
policies actually allowed it to route applicant data through China without notifying applicants. Applicants in the U.S., their information went to China. So again, like just taking a step back, that is a lot. And I think it just sets the stage that 2021 is just going to be a legal war zone for big tech if the way 2020 has wrapped up is any indication. That all just happened in the last week. Uh, So I think we're going to be in for some changes and for some things to watch as 2021 unfolds. So that's it for the week's main stories. Like I said, there were a lot of layers to all of that. It's difficult to follow, but there's a ton going on. Now I'm going to get into into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that I didn't discuss earlier. So Reddit has acquired Dubsmash, a short-form social video platform that lets users easily edit and post content. The move, it's meant to help Reddit catch up in its video editing capabilities capabilities as platforms like TikTok continue to take hold. Dubsmash will continue to operate as a separate platform and brand, but we can expect to see some integrations of its video creation tools on Reddit. The acquisition is a pretty big deal. Dubsmash is second only to TikTok in share of short form in share in terms of share of the short form video market. Facebook's updating groups by replacing comments, comment tags with hashtags to allow group admins to more easily and logically organize posts by attaching them to different topics. Admins and members can add up to five hashtag topics to their posts. When a topic is clicked, it will bring group members to a page with content about that topic. Groups, they're often, they're kind of easy to forget about uh, if you're not on Facebook regularly, but for users, that's certainly not the case. And that's why Facebook is continuing to invest here, continuing to make updates, and continuing to help group admins better manage their communities. Snapchat is turning its Bitmoji acquisition into a game called Bitmoji Paint. The game places users' Bitmoji avatars in a digital world where they compete around painting. Bitmoji Paint, it's Snap's fourth original game, and it's playable within Snapchat. Now, games have really become a core pillar of Snapchat's strategy to bring in a to bring in new users along with, of course, lenses. Twitter has acquired Squad. This is a multi-participant video chat service similar to House Party. The app's focus is allowing users to simply and easily just share their screens, enabling users to discuss content that's even found in other apps. The acquisition actually comes at the same time Twitter decided to shut down its live streaming app Periscope. It appears Squad may be playing the key role in Twitter's live streaming approach moving forward. Live streaming, it's going to start to be centered more around the Twitter platform. It's not going to be a separate app like Periscope currently is. Twitter attributed the decision to shut down Periscope to declining usage and rising costs for support. Periscope was one of the first live streaming apps. Now now pretty much everyone's doing it. TikTok's launched its first TV app in partnership with Samsung. The app will bring TikTok content to TVs with an emphasis on the platform's most popular family-friendly content. Now, TikTok... They're all about social entertainment, so it totally makes sense that they're going to follow similar moves made by YouTube to bring its digital content to televisions instead of relying solely on mobile viewership. Twitter and Reddit announced new ad transparency policies, so Twitter, they're going to work with Integral Ad Science and Double Verify to let brands know what tweets their ads showed up next to. The move, it's meant to improve their brand safety capabilities and just perception 
overall. Reddit, they're going to work with Moat, to, which is owned by Oracle, to serve as the third-party verification for ad views on the Reddit platform. Never one to shy away from copying others. Uh, others uh, never one to shy away from copying what others have proven to work, I should say. Facebook is working on a Cameo-inspired offering that will pay content creators and celebrities for the opportunity to interact with them on a live broadcast. The feature, it's called Super, and it's in the midst of internal testing at Facebook. So, Cameo, Facebook's coming for you. Uh, Walmart acquiring TikTok, it's still very much in the air. It might happen, but what's that's not going to stop them from partnering up now, Walmart is going to test shoppable content on TikTok with, in which creators share Walmart items in live streams. Viewers will be able to purchase items directly through the stream. This behavior, it's taken off in Asia. It's pretty common, but it has yet to get mainstream adoption in the United States despite numerous attempts to do so. Maybe, though, this will do it. All right, that's it for the last episode of Brave Ad World for 2020. Before I let you go... I want to hear from you. Send questions, send comments. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at twigert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Have a great rest of 2020 and have a great start to 2021. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.